0: Welcome back to Holistic Health Masterclass podcast and video. Here Um, I am with Frank Clegg, uh, former CEO of Microsoft Canada. Frank, welcome. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you for the invitation.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's taken us a little bit to coordinate our schedules and get you here, and we've had some good conversations um, offline. Uh, So I think let's just jump right into it. Um, You know, obviously, we know that you're the former Microsoft CEO, but how did you sort of find your way into uh, Canadians for Safe Technology and some of the campaigns that we're going to talk about today?
1: Well, it started several years ago when there was a a gas fired power plant that was going to be in our community and it was the second largest in canada in the most dense dense population area so we, we were able to get that plant moved and i so then i developed a reputation in the local community and then i was approached by three different families one that had a uh, bell canada was putting a set of uh, small antennas on a, on, a, on a building about 10 meters from their son's bedroom another one they were putting a tower i think it was bell or rogers on on a Fire station that was 15 meters away from the kids' playground, and the third one was you know these clock malls that are um, that are in, in, in um, most shopping centers. They're putting in like 16 antennas in that uh, clock tower structure again, about seven or eight meters from. So the more we looked at it, the more we investigated. That we had we had the opportunity to watch Health Canada and Industry Canada present to our local council. And by the time we finished with that, I said, "Look, we have to do something about this." So we Founded C4ST about about eight years ago
0: now. Okay, so eight years ago, and um, I guess you know, for people who are not familiar with your organization, I know uh, some people watching this and listening. Um, I've already shared what we're talking about, so some people are on board; they know about it. But what is um, the what's your sort of mission with Canadians for Safe Technology? What what what's the sort of intention there?
1: Well, there's really two things we focus on, Brett. The first is to raise awareness that there is potential harmful effects. From wireless devices and from cell towers and Wi-Fi, and to help people use the technology more safely, we are about we are Canadians for safe technology, not no technology, because we realize that people are going to use the technology. So, how do we create an environment as safe as possible? The second mandate that we have is to lobby or advocate—I guess the better word—to all levels of government, whether it's municipal, provincial, or federal, to have the safety guidelines changed and improved and brought into the 21st century.
0: Okay, well, and you know, I, I like to hear that um, it's for safe technology and not no technology, because I think a lot of people, when they start looking at these types of movements and initiatives, uh, they all of a sudden think that, you know, we're trying to get people to go back you know, 500 years ago and run around in loincloths and whatnot. And that's really not it at all, because um, I think technology is here to stay. I mean, we know it's here to stay. In fact, we're actually moving into more, of a sort of uh, tech-based economy and, and reality. So um, I think it's great what you're doing. And let's sort of get into a little bit of those two uh, initiatives. I think what I would like to do... Um is spend a bit of time today and actually point most of our focus onto 5G because Mm -hmm. I know that 5G is really the hot button um, topic right now. So for people who are not aware of what 5G is, maybe they've just heard it, um, can you explain to us what, what 5G is and maybe what the difference is between 4G and 5G?
1: Sure. 5G just stands for the fifth generation. So it's basically a marketing term to help identify the difference between 5G and 4G. So 5G, there's a, there's a, we will not get into the electronic spectrum. I will not turn this into a yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but there are, there's a set of radio frequencies. And, and you know, if you think back to there's the radio waves and the, and the TV antenna waves that are these long waves that people are used to, and they're saying, look, they've been there forever, and they, and they help us get constant radio. At the other end of that spectrum, you're things like X-rays. And those are a lot shorter, um, higher frequencies and a lot shorter wavelengths. And we know that those harm us. So we're talking about the wavelengths in between, and there's a set of them. Think of these as like different bands of information, information frequencies. And so what 5G does is it extends the bandwidth of 4G. So there's 3G, then 4G, and then 5G. So there's like extra frequencies that are added. Plus there's something called millimeter waves, which we've never used for telecommunications protocol before. Okay. And so, so the, the concern, I don't know if you want me to get in, but the concern on, on the, the 5G millimeter waves is as I said, they've never been used. And these are the kind of waves that are used for a crowd control system. So the U.S. and the Israeli military use this frequency to help, because it really it gets in the skin and it really causes pain on your skin, right? Okay. Now, now scientists that are hired by industry say, well, we use different power. Well, that may be true, but there are no studies to show that this high millimeter wave frequency, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that you're going to be exposed to can have, cannot have harm. And so what we're seeing is, look, there's a potential harm there. We know it hurts us. You know it physically hurts us at a certain power level. What makes you say that just because the power levels less that it's not going to hurt you?
0: Right. And, and I think when you start getting into some of the health effects, you, you know, we're, we're talking about chronic health effects, you know, we'll sort of circle back to that. These are not things that, you know, one time I used my phone and all of a sudden I've got brain cancer tomorrow morning. This is really chronic persistent use right. which is what we're doing and of course we're surrounded by this technology um, as you said 24 hours a day so mm-hmm. so just um so that i understand and for our listeners and viewers uh, the, the difference between 4g and 5g my understanding anyway is that it's it's a significant jump up if you will from you know let's say 3g to 4g or even 2g to 4g and yeah. so is it the millimeter waves that is really the big differentiator here
1: well, there, there's that, Brent, and then there's also two, two other major factors. Because of the limitations of, of this, this new set of frequencies, so the, the good news here is you can download um, a video in a lot less time. Right. Right. And so so because, think of that being a pipe, that's a lot bigger. So the 5G pipe existing, the 4G pipe might be that big, right? The problem with 5G is, though, so because it is it has the ability to carry so much data, it has to be a lot closer. To okay. the source of the information. So there are currently about 750,000 antennas in Canada today.
0: In Canada? Okay, in wow. Canada.
1: Yes. Projections are that will double for 5G alone. And so you now have a lot more antennas. So you have double the amount of antennas. And these are now, we're talking about these small cell antennas that are about the size of a shoebox, mm. right? Mm. And, now they, and they would have to be placed closer. And so, what we're seeing them installed now is on any streetlight post, any telephone post, or any hydro pole is a candidate to have one of these five G antennas. Is, and because, of, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I was, I was just going to ask you: is is that because the, you know I've heard this before as well? Is everything needs to be put closer together, right? Because it doesn't travel as far of a distance. Exactly. Is that is that what it is? Yeah. And okay. It's,
1: it's absolutely on a limitation on the five G frequency, and those frequencies that are in five G. Let me say it that way. that they don't have the ability to, to travel the distance that a 4G or a 3G. So you get more information going through that pipe, but the pipe has to be a lot closer because of the limitations of the actual frequencies that are in 5G.
0: Okay, so um, following that then, y- you know, uh, what's, you know let's talk about safety studies, right? You know, have mm-hmm. we actually done any safety studies here? And I know that other countries, um, again, off the top of my head, I know Russia has been looking into this stuff for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So perhaps talk to us a little bit about what we've done in Canada and then sort of, um, you know, pit that against what's been done elsewhere in the world. Because, of course, we know places like Switzerland, for example, have really halted the rollout of 5G um, mm-hmm. a- amid you know, safety concerns. So I don't know where you want to start with that, but, uh, you know, yeah.
1: Well, let, let, let me just make a global statement that there, there, is no, there are no studies that exist that show that 5G technology is safe. Okay. Period. Nothing. What well, we have, we're starting to see very early cases of studies that are saying very preliminary studies and maybe less than a couple dozen studies that are trying to study 5G but part of the challenge is that 5G technology isn't really finished and it isn't finalized. So it's mm-hmm. pretty hard to set up a study when the technology is still moving. Um, we do know that 5G will, will take on and will have all the same health effect concerns at 4G and 3G. So concerns, and, and there are now links to cancer. There, is, there are links, definitive peer-reviewed, published studies. And, and I'm not talking one or two. I'm talking hundreds of studies that show harm to humans and the environment from 3G and 4G technology. So sperm damage and other reproductive damage, mm. uh, damage to our DNA, to our, uh, to our cells in our body. So we know that 5G will take on, will have all the same effects. And Brett, as you said, it's really hard because you're talking about a chronic situation, right? So now, you know, we, we do have, and that's what, one of the concerns about Safety Code 6, which is Health Canada's guidelines, is there is no analysis over sustained, continuous exposure to this technology. Mm.
0: H- have, have they done animal studies at all, tr- like on rats or mice or anything like that?
1: The last study that I sh- saw that Halpena reference had six rats in it.
0: Okay, and of course, we know from you know, I know from from work in the world of GMOs and chemicals and whatnot that oftentimes long-term quote unquote studies are not all that long-term. You know, they sort of cut the study short after three months. But if you left it going for six or nine months, all of a sudden the real truth starts coming out.
1: Um, well, the best study that we have is actually two. There's one that was done by the National Toxicology Program in the U.S. So this is a study funded by the National Institute of Health over $30 million U.S. dollars, and it involved over 2,000 rodents. And what they did is they, they put these rodents in a Faraday cage so that they knew only the radiation, that they were the source of the radiation. Mm. They studied those rats over uh, more than a I think it was a year and a half in both, both studies. And the way the National Toxicology Program rates things is the highest rating can be clear evidence of harm. And that's where they came out. So that the study results were peer three different times. And the last time was verified by over a dozen scientists over two or three days that came out with the um, uh, support for the, the, the statement that clear evidence of harm, of cancer in the rats, and DNA damage in the rats. That was then followed up by a Ramazzini Institute out of Italy that did a similar study, similar environment, and verified the study results from the National Toxicology Program. So you now have got two studies involving thousands of rodents that show clear evidence of cancer and DNA damage to rats. And the reason we use rats is because it's ethically not appropriate to do that study on humans. It's just No scientist would ever do that. So yeah. what you do is you look at the at, you do rodent studies, and then you do the epidemiological studies, which is studying cancer and research, and, we've now, and we have the research out of Uh, uh, Dr. Hardell and his group out of uh, Sweden have done the studies because they have the best data in Sweden, and they're showing a link. So you now have the DNA damage and and the cancer in rats, and you now have the epidemiological work. So, so, I mean, you
0: know, coming back to these, uh, well, first of all, uh, um, are, is government actually aware of this or, you know, without getting conspiratorial or anything like that, do, do we feel like um, there's more of a vested interest in uh, upgrading our technology than there is uh, looking after the health of people? Um,
1: well, uh, we've met with Health Canada, not to the minister. We've not had any success in having a meeting with the minister, but we've met with the director general. Which is the, the 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 top bureaucrat that owns this the radiation file, and I've met with four different director generals over the eight years that C4C has been around, mm. and they just they're they're stuck. My opinion, they're stuck in this mindset that if it's an ionizing radiation, which is at the part of the spectrum we're talking about, if it's a non-ionizing radiation, you have to heat tissue to harm it. And that initial theory goes back to the 1920s in, in, in the scientific literature.
0: Okay, so 100 years ago, basically.
1: think, <laughs> Yes, 1920s, that we are stuck, healthcare is stuck in that mindset. And so they just, for some reason, they just will not be open to any other health effects unless they heat tissue. So you got a chicken and anything saying, if it doesn't heat the tissue, then I won't accept the science. And we're saying, but the science is showing you, you have to get rid of your assumption that you have to heat tissue to harm it. So that's one issue. The other issue, quite frankly, is the current estimates are there's about $20 billion in revenue to the federal government in these spectrum auctions. So I don't know how much of a factor that is, but I I could argue there's 20 billion reasons not to slow down the deployment of 5G. And there's supposed to be another auction coming up. The last auction was $3.5 billion just for that one set of spectrum at the auction. And now there's another auction supposed to be coming out this summer based on COVID, I don't know if the government's going to get to it, but the point is we're talking about billions and billions of dollars in revenue. So, and then the third issue I, I, I have with this whole process is you have got the same scientists involved in this thing for the last decade. And I can't believe that it's a bit of their reputational, uh, uh, concern. And quite frankly, a bit of ego involved that may be causing them to, to stay in, uh, stuck in this mindset. So, mm. Right along with an answer to your question, I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why Health Canada is not doing a better job. We have so to answer your question, that we have presented the NTP studies. We know they're aware of them. They've come back and answered that they said not enough information, and they're staying in uh, the the rut that they're in on, on the technology.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, I I think uh, we've seen this as someone who's been in this space for almost 20 years now, and I've looked at all different types of issues. Um, I think it all boils down to the same kind of themes and the same type of thinking when it comes to things that may potentially cause harm. And, um, you know, quite frankly, I think a lot of it is corporate interest, Um, you know, corporate interest that is is sort of hijacked uh, both science and um, oftentimes hijacks government policy. And uh, this is why we have things, That are now through independent science showing to cause harm, and yet we just somehow cannot get them off the market or cannot figure out a different way, um, which we're going to come back to in just a second. Um, So, so where you know you you mentioned earlier, what was it, seventy-five thousand towers or something like that? 750. 750. Okay, holy smokes. So there's not a lot of people in Canada. We're at 38 million. So um, that, that's a lot of towers, first of all. But where are we at in the rollout of all of this? Because I think um, a lot of people are still thinking that, you know, we drive down the highway all of a sudden, um, which by the way, you know, we've been in lockdown here for, I don't know, almost three months. And I live out in the country. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go downtown for about two months. And I was, I was Quite shocked for the when the first time I actually did it because all of a sudden there's these towers everywhere you know things that I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. and so I think that um, some people think that five G is here right now. And when you see a tower, oh my gosh, it's happening right now. Where are we at in the rollout process?
1: I you'd have to ask the industry specifically, but my understanding is that. The majority of the of the small cell antennas, which are the requirement for, for 5G, are really being deployed as 4G antennas now. Okay. And so, I, and I and I believe that it's in the industry's interest because there is there's a lot more awareness about 5G and the potential concern to a 5G than there ever was about 4G or 3G.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: And so, if I if I was running the industry deployment strategy, I would get out there as quickly as I could and put as many 4G antennas out there. Because I don't need anybody's permission or any notification to convert that from a four G to a five G. So I don't. So even though we hear, we're hearing Rogers, Salas, and Bell's talk about these five G pilots, I, I actually don't know what whether that pilot is an actually five G technology or using four G to test for the five G. But we certainly know, and everything you read there's this big race against China and Russia and all that. And you know, there's a, there's now we're now starting to see uh, there's a um, Dr. Shockley out of the University of um, Colorado has written a very extensive paper that's challenging the whole business case around wireless technology. The IEEE is saying that wireless technology uses 10 times more energy than a wired solution. Interesting. So so part of our appeal, and I I, I know we're going to talk about this, is that as they ask the federal government to start investigating fiber technology and fiber solutions where they can, you know, some applications do, but the majority of applications do not need a wireless connection. They can be done through a wired connection um, and, and what Dr. Schlocken's argument is that once you make the investment in that wired connection, you don't have to keep upgrading it. But so in, in the wireless world, you have to take a 2G antenna, replace it with 3G, replace it with 4G, and then potentially replace it with 5G. So, so there's a whole discussion around the whole business case on 5G technology. Mm-hmm. But to your point, or to your question, um, I don't know. I'm not aware of any one application that is a pure 5G device, Okay. Or, or a 5G antenna. I'm not. I have not seen one. I've been trying to track them, and I'm not aware of any device coming out and saying this only works and works best on a 5G uh, infrastructure.
0: So, so I guess just for clarity's sake, I mean, are we able to actually pick up 5G right now? Like, if I on my cell phone, you know, and and I think another question to sort of pull that together as well is, you know, people see we see the 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 2.4. Um, gigahertz and then the 5g on the router my understanding that's not the same thing as what we're talking that's not the 5g tower that we're talking about that's
1: as i said the 5g is the marketing term five uh five gigahertz on your wi-fi is a specific category in that um spectrum so it's 2.5 or 2.4 and 5 are in that spectrum when you're talking about 5g there's actually nothing to do with 5g i think it's more in the 600, it goes up to 600 gigahertz. Okay, so, so
0: that, that's not in our home right now, but obviously no. once they sort of turn the lights on, if you will, with the rollout, then we're all going to be exposed to... Yeah, to-
1: there's there, in fact, the way, the way that um, um, industry science and economic development guidelines are right now, the, the telcos do not, if they want to replace that, or let's say there's a street lamp right at the end of your, your driveway like we have here, mm-hmm. there is a... Um, the, the, Bell or Talis or Rogers, whoever owns that or to cuts the deal with the town, can put a one of these small cell antennas right on that street lamp post and not only not have to tell us about it, they don't need any permission. So they can go and do that at any time. They're putting in the 4G and then they'll upgrade it to 5G. So so there's no notification for these small cell antennas to be placed. And we've seen instances where there's close as 20 meters to a kid's bedroom without yeah. any notification or any permission
0: needed. Yeah, and I've started seeing that um, downtown mostly is, is, you know, apartment buildings and stuff like that. All of a sudden, there's these antennas, like, right above someone's bedroom, you know, yes. on the top floor. And that mm-hmm. honestly terrifies me because once you switch that on, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think you were saying, I read somewhere on your website, um, we think that this might be fully rolled out by, what, 2021? Well, the,
1: industry, the, 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 the it depends on what you mean by fully rolled out. Yeah, my Because you know, does that mean uh, you know you've got these extra seven hundred thousand antennas out there, or does it mean you've got them in key areas? So, so you know. But the point is, so, to your point, is the industry is is still aggressively installing yeah. these small cell antennas as fast as they possibly can, while they don't need to, to notify or get any permissions. Because if anything, if we're successful, we will change. So you do have to get notification. You do have to get permission. And yeah. local towns and cities and municipalities will have a say in dropping these antennas just wherever the industry feels that they need them.
0: So, um, uh, and obviously, I mean, I'll just say it because people are probably thinking it or they have a question. Um, As far as I know, there have been zero public hearings or any sort of referendums or or anything about this, right?
1: We were successful in 2015, getting this on the agenda of the Federal Parliamentary Health Committee. And they they hosted three sessions and they invited speakers from around the world, so experts from around the world, and they had a mix of speakers representing industry and representing the concerns that C4ST and others do. And the, the committee came out with a report, a formal report that had 15 recommendations to the Minister of Health. Now this is back in 2015, so the election was called, and by law, the minister has 120 days to respond to a parliamentary committee report. And you may know all this, but maybe your listeners don't. So anyways, so because the election called, that report gets put on the shelf. We were successful then once the, the new government came in, the Trudeau government came in, working with the committee of the health committee, the committee of the committee chair. And one of the, our, actually our local uh, Oakville, yeah, I live in Oakville, our local member of parliament was on the health committee. So they retabled the report. And so we now have got a report supported by two different governments, two different majority governments. And in both cases, it was 100% unanimous support by all parties. That hmm. the minister's answer came back in 120 days and dismissed every single recommendation.
0: Oh wow! Okay, that's <laughs> not good.
1: <laughs> no, well, that it was to, to, to say to say it was disappointing is an understatement. But health care, this goes back to this mindset: we're reviewing the science, we know what we're doing. There's no health effects. There's no you're not heating the tissue, and yeah. we even asked one of couple of the recommendations were about raising awareness. If you if you hold your cell phone to your head, you are breaking safety code six guidelines. Okay. So Whether well, safety code six is, is help is protective or not, but and so CBC did a report, CBC Marketplace, and um, they went out and they invest, they interviewed people and 80% of Canadians um, admitted that they held the cell phone to their head and 60% of them said, I've never heard of Radiation against my body, whether it's my head stuck in my bra, my suit jacket pocket, or in my pants pocket. And so, three of the recommendations from this health committee report in 2015 and 16 was to ask Health Canada and Industry Canada to raise awareness, and they refused to even do that.
0: Oh wow! So not even awareness, let alone um, no. institute new policies or guidelines or anything like that.
1: No, Wouldn't do that.
0: So, um, so what do you feel then that government really needs to do here? You, you know, like let, let's, let's talk some solutions and yeah. then uh, we'll talk about what, what your appeal is and, yeah. and kind of wrap us up there.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, the appeal really lays out what we're asking the government to do. So the first thing the government has to do and health let me get specific by, by industry or ministry, mm-hmm. ministry of health has to do a proper review of the scientific evidence. And what that means, is, and there's a set of there are papers written on how to properly review scientific evidence. Health Canada, when we met with one of the director generals, they don't even have the software that you need to evaluate the science properly. Hmm. They don't even have the, science, the, the software. So oh, you wow. need to go in, and there's a there's a set of rigorous steps of what you have to do. You know, you make decisions on the search and then you go and then you publish them and then you review them and then you bring an independent panel. Health Canada has never done anything like that in any of their So that's step number one do the proper review based on the health and the science. The second request, and this goes to the Industry Canada and Finance Ministry. We hear the, the, the latest estimate I have is there's $17 trillion in benefits to, related to 5G, right? Mm-hmm. So big, big numbers. And every second month, there's a bigger number. There has been no analysis of the costs from wireless technology. I mentioned that wired technology uh, uses a 10th of the power. Uh, We do know that there's health effects. We do know there's lost productivity from health effects. We're starting to see security and privacy issues. Not only will 5G be closer to us, but the trillions and trillions of terabytes of information that will be going through the wireless network now. gives gives hackers an unbelievable opportunity to get a, Personal, business, private, any kind of information, because it's all out there on this wireless wireless network. Oh,
0: okay, so, that's not so good. What, yeah.
1: So, what are the costs for that? I, I, a local story. We had our, our our fellow on our board who runs a he has a retail outlet for, for factory tops as um, a company, and, and so he got hacked, held for ransom, and he had to find twenty thousand dollars in Bitcoin before they would release his customer files back. To Wow. This is just one example of a small business who has five retail outlets. Well, now take all the more and more data and put it out there, mm-hmm. right? So nobody's done any of that analysis. We're starting to hear concerns about um, satellites that, that were barely neat for 5G starting to impact weather data. So now what are the, what's the impact if the weather systems can't give us advanced notice of some of these Katrina-like warnings? And, that, and this is not coming from me. This is coming from NASA and very regular organizations saying, We are concerned about the effects. We don't know what the effects are, but we're concerned. So nobody's done that economic analysis, get the 17 trillion big number, but nobody's balancing that against all the other potential costs. So that's the second thing we're asking. Third major ask is to say to the government, use fiber. Evaluate using fiber more aggressively, Mm. internally in government systems, because we do know that long-term fiber is cheaper than a wireless Have to upgrade, right? So you can take the lead government of Canada internally and, and start using fiber and educating and make people Where Maybe there's some incentives you need to provide industry to do that. And then the fourth and final ask is while all these things are being done, stop deploying 5G. Just put a halt on 5G technology. Yeah. And, and the licensing fees. So first of all, stop getting, filling your coffers up with licensing fees. And secondly, stop mission Now people say, wait a minute, there's a race to China. I maintain that if the government got their act together and did that, they could do those things within a year. Hmm. And and then, we, then, and then in a year, the, the industry can be ready and can start deploying. Again. But while right now we have our, our guidelines are, as I said before, 1920 signs are based on our guidelines, so a, a century old. Let's get those up into the 21st century and let's understand the full economic consequences. Do, do you
0: feel that this is... Um that this is actually reasonable and and doable g- given the climate that we're in, you know, because I feel that so much of what we're witnessing now, you know, people doing more remote work, um, mm-hmm. we're talking about things like contact tracing and more you know increased surveillance. Um, no. you know, part of me part of me thinks that, this stuff is just steamrolling forward and we have to have the, the 5G technology in place to be able to do all of these things. So I guess my question, just to play a little bit of devil's advocate, I mean, you know, not from the cost side of things, but also from the reality side of things, yep. um, you know, do you think it's
1: possible? I think it's not only possible, I, quite frankly, Brian, I think it's necessary. Yeah. Wired systems will always be 100 times faster than wireless systems. Okay. That's just the way the technology works. So okay. why, why is there, why in this, when we talk about a smart home, tell me why, and we, I've never had Wi-Fi in my house. I've been in the industry for 45 years now. I've never had Wi-Fi in my house. And I had, we, my wife and I had two daughters, so they went through the teenage years, and we grabbed a cable, and we plugged it into the wall, and we plugged it into their laptop, and they, did, they were just as socially connected as anybody. Why, why, you know, what do you need a smart bridge for? It's not going to, like, fly around the room. Why is yeah. there a wired device going to that smart bridge or that smart TV? Or, you know, we're, we're in this mindset that smart means wireless. Hmm. We should be in the mindset that smart means connected to the Internet, and it, why can't it be connected to a cable? So we're, and, and, you know, quite frankly, from the industry standpoint, it's very clear that they're, they, they're regulated. Bell is regulated on their wired telephone network. Okay. So their profit margins there are capped. It's an unlimited opportunity for wireless. So you've got an industry that's only motivation is continue to drive the wireless solutions. So they're not looking at all at a wired alternative because it doesn't cost. They don't get any money for it. once you get oh, a cable okay. into my house and I pay for that cable, you can't upgrade.
0: Right, because it's there forever. It's there forever huh? So that so forever, and my data's
1: there. Right, so you can't. I'm good. So your opportunity to up, get more revenue for me as a, as, a, as a cable provider or, the, or the, whoever that is, whether it's Bell, Rogers, Kojic, or whatever, is zero. Well, that is absolutely a bad thing for any business executive. So, so yes, is it possible? Yes. Do we need a mindset shift? 100%. And, and, but the consumer, though, has to be the one driving this as well. You know, so every, any one of your listeners say every time, and nobody wants to hear this, so I'll say it, Every time you download a video on a wireless device or or download it or or watch it live stream, you are accelerating the opportunity for a 5G antenna to be on your street lamp post by your house.
0: Okay, wow. So if
1: you really want to stop this thing, as a consumer, download it on a hardwired capability and then watch it offline.
0: Yeah. Right. So, wow. I mean, lots to think about. And uh, I, I know that um, a lot of our listeners and viewers will be 100% on board with all of this. Um, so, I, I guess the, the final sort of thing here, I don't really have any more questions um, unless you have any other things that we haven't brought up, Frank, that you want to. I just I want to
1: plug our appeal. So 100%. I
0: just... Yeah, 100%. So, so, our
1: website is c4st.org, C Canadians, number sign 4st.org, slash 5G appeal. I'd really encourage people to go there. Um, we put together this eight-minute video that you can watch that truly really summarizes the reasons for the appeal and some of the science behind it, very little bit of the science. Uh, we, What I'm proud about, Brad, this is the first time that we've, we've done this as a group of organizations. We have 24 organizations and groups across Canada from coast to coast amazing, uh, that have signed up and are sponsoring and supporting this appeal. Now, there was a lot of fun. Creating a document that everybody could agree to. I will not tell you we went to over <laughs> seventy different versions of it, but we did. Um, but we, the point is that we've got that. We've got over eleven thousand signatures now in the appeal. But I think we need a lot more to get the government's attention. So I'd ask people to. So first of all, go get educated. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends, families, and coworkers. Second thing is, let me let me talk about safety tips. If that's okay for a minute, what should Thanks. people do? Yeah. Second, there's two things you, you need to do for yourself and your family. The first thing is, remember, distance is your friend. So what we've learned about this radiation is that the amount of radiation goes down with the square of the distance. So in other words, if I double the, the length or the, the um, distance from my head with my cell phone, the radiation goes down four times. If I triple that distance, the radiation goes down nine times. So distance is your friend. So every device you're using, stay as far away from as you can. The second, and I think almost more important thing, as you mentioned it, we are, when we get out in the world, we're bombarded with radiation. Make your home or your house or wherever you live your safe haven. So when you come into that environment, when your kids come home from school, or you come from work, or whatever you're doing, you absolutely limit the amount of radiation. I mentioned that, that not everybody can rewire their house and get rid sure. of the rug. But what you can do is go to Canadian Tire, or Rona, or whatever, and buy a, a, a timer you put on your lights, and put that on your router so that at eleven o'clock or ten o'clock or whatever time you go to bed, it goes off. So you're not being bombarded needlessly while you're sleeping.
0: Yeah, that's that really mean? good advice. Yeah, oh,
1: absolutely. And and I've had people. I have had one, one story. And I'll, I'll stop quickly. But I've had people send emails. Frank, that's the best thing for my work-life balance. I said, why? She said, because the alarm goes, my timer goes off at eleven. I lose my internet, and I have to make the decision: am I going to keep working or am I going to stop? And and if I have it in the basement, nine times out of ten, I'm going to say, you know what? I need to stop, right? So Definitely. there's a little bit of work like the side bed. So keep your cell phone away from your – I don't have your, any electronic devices in your bedroom when you're sleeping, okay. period, full stop. There's health reasons for that. There's psychological reasons. There's sleep deprivation reasons. Buy an alarm clock and use that to wake you up. Yeah. Right, and this thing we hear teens are you know they're happy on their under their pillow so they can feel the vibration and all that. So, safe haven for your home or wherever you live, and distance is your friend. Yeah, and help us advocate to the government. Please, please sign the appeal. There's a box there that says send a message to your MP. We know we're having an effect, we know we're hearing from MPs now. We're getting letters back to people that are sending them with us, and then share that share the link with two friends, two family, and two, two co
0: Amazing. Well, um, just want to thank you for all the work that you're doing. And I know it's it's so important, uh, especially now, you know, this is really the time to make these uh, changes happen mm-hmm. um, before it's too late. You know, we don't want to get into the uh, space where it gets rolled out and then we're trying to then remove it um, mm-hmm. because that is always more challenging. Um, well, that
1: won't happen, Brent. To be honest, yeah. the what we'll see is anything the government does, they typically grandfather whatever it's done. So, so if, if, if things, if, if the industry is successful in getting the technology out uh, on these telephone poles and hydro poles, I don't, I don't think it'll be removed. I think it's there to stay.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, Frank, and for the work that you're doing. And for those of you watching and listening, um, I've put a bunch of links down in the show notes, uh, whether it's YouTube, whether you're tuning in on the podcast. Uh, So click some of those links and um, go and check out uh, Frank's website and Canadians for Safe Technology. Get involved. Share this with your friends, your family, your community. And uh, yeah, let's make this change happen. All right. So thanks for your time, Frank. Great to have you here.
1: Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you
0: all right and for those of you uh tuning in you have yourself a beautiful day wherever you are and uh yeah please spread the word Thank for dialing in